0: To have, you know, it's it's kind of like once you, once you have children, you become uh, oblivious to your parents. You know, all they care about is seeing the kids, and uh, we don't always, you know, tell everybody that's here all the time how much we appreciate you being here. So, thank you for being here tonight. Um, I, I want to before I get into what I want to. Like the Lord has given me this evening, I I, um, I feel like I need to give an apology. Um, those of you that were here Sunday night, or if you weren't here but you were watching or have watched, um, brother, brother Kevin Breckenridge came up, was still sitting on the platform after service, and he came up and shared some things that he felt kind of during altar call, and was really helpful, really beneficial. But, in the course of him sharing what he was sharing i I felt very convicted. Um, I said it a little bit different context Sunday evening before I preached um, and I know you all know this sometimes i I do think sometimes there are uh and i don't mean this derogatorily I mean it in the in the based on the definition of the word. there are people that are somewhat ignorant and really do think that you know preachers and others don't go through the same struggles and difficulties that everybody else goes through um actually the the challenge is and and i don't mean this unkind the challenge is it's like it's magnified because of the role and responsibility um there's double what's the scripture talk about for the teacher there's um Forget how double condemnation is that what it is I think so it may be in a little bit different context than that but my flesh is just as much flesh as yours and um, these last couple of months just on a personal level just just uh, feeling like my uh, personal devotion and some things are not where they need to be I don't have any uh, gross sin that I'm hiding I don't have any deep Dark secrets that I've been doing these last couple of months, but it's just been a little bit of a challenging time and i I know I'm not the only one, but when you get up to preach and minister, the enemy is looking for every avenue and uh, i I really let some of my own uh personal struggles right now bleed through and in, in just a little bit of negativity that came out and I was again to be very clear what brother kevin breckenridge shared was very positive and encouraging but it was from that that i felt very convicted because uh i I let my own stuff cause me to kind of second guess and doubt uh, what i felt like the lord had given me so i just particularly those of you that were here uh, sunday evening hopefully you're sitting good going what are you talking about i I really hope so Um, but nevertheless even if that is the case i just i really felt like Um, I needed and wanted to do that here this evening. So, uh, I I, I feel like, and I'm going to work on having confidence here this evening, (laughs) because nothing drastic has changed since Sunday night. So, (laughs) um, anyway, but I I feel like a uh, couple of days ago, the, the Lord actually dropped this word, and I mean it literally, this word into my spirit, enough, 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 I guess, I don't know, humble, humble, (laughs) and uh, let me just tell you right off the bat, in case you're jumping to conclusions, this is not enough in the sense of, I've had enough, bless God, That's, that's not the enough that I'm talking about. That word means, according to good old Webster's, the word enough means equal to what is needed. Equal to what is needed. Occurring in such quantity, quality, or scope as to fully meet demands, needs, or expectations. As an adverb, it means In or to a degree or quantity that satisfies or that is sufficient or necessary for satisfaction. Sufficiently. As a pronoun, it is a sufficient number, quantity, or amount. It it is equal to what is needed. It is equal to what is needed. I discovered something today that I have misquoted um, at times. If I think most of you are aware of this. I didn't know this all my ministry, I'm embarrassed to say, but David did not write all 150 Psalms. There are some others that were used to write some of the Psalms, and a lot of Bibles will tell you uh, prior to the chapter starting who wrote that Psalm. And uh, I try to since i really have learned this to be mindful not to just attribute every psalm to david because he didn't write every psalm and and i think i've known this subconsciously or heard the same thing but i, I found it clearly in preparation for this evening proverbs is the same way we typically we typically credit solomon with writing all of proverbs And that is not the case. A majority of the Proverbs, Solomon was the one that was used to write them. But this chapter that I'm going to read from this evening, I have used these verses in the past in my ministry and have uh, attributed them to Solomon and uh, discovered today that that's that's not accurate. And so in uh, Proverbs 30 and verse number 7, I forget, I think it's Azura or something like that that is the one that wrote this proverb or this chapter. Of course, we knew he sat down and put 30 and then 1 and then 2. and you know, Two things, verse 7, two things have I required of thee. Deny me them not before I die. Number one, remove vanity and lies, and number two, give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient for me, lest I be full and deny thee and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of my God in vain." The Living Bible says it this way, O God, I beg two favors from you before I die. First, help me never to tell a lie. Second, give me neither poverty nor riches. Give me just, just enough to satisfy my needs. For if I grow rich, I may become content without God. And if I am too poor, I may steal and thus insult God's holy name. Now, I've got to tell you, when you read this, these verses, when you read the request of the writer of this proverb, I think in a lot of ways this kind of sounds like a really great, noble request. Or these sound like really great, noble requests. Don't, don't, don't let me, help me never to tell a lie. And secondly, don't give me poverty or riches. Give me just enough to satisfy me. Because if I, if I get too much, if I'm too rich, I might be content without you. And if I'm too poor, I may do things that insult your name. Those two requests sound pretty noble, I guess you could say. But the problem to me with those two requests is he's asking God to do something that we ought to do for ourselves. Because it really is nice to put some things on God so that if they don't happen... We can point fingers at Him. I mean, God, I, I'm sorry I lied, but I ask You to help me not to lie. You didn't help me, God. Paul said in Ephesians 4, 24, Put on the new man, and that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. What Paul is saying there, here is your responsibility. Don't lie. Take off lying. You're born again. You're a new... Take off lying. Don't sit around and pray for God to deliver you from lying. Stop, lying. stop lying. Well, I'm struggling to stop lying. Well, maybe this will be a little bit of a motivation. The fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murders and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars. Because we know that's not talking about the little lies, though. We, I mean, it's, we know that. It's only talking about the big lies. All liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone which is the second death. You're probably sitting there going, what in the world does this have to do with enough? Hang on. So he says, God, help me not to tell a lie. Paul says, stop lying. And the devil didn't make you do it. The devil can't make you do anything. The devil's never made anyone do anything. And I don't care if you think he made you. The problem is the devil can't do something God won't do. God has limited Himself to never make us do something. If God limits Himself to not make us do something, and God would make us do something for our good, the devil doesn't make us do stuff for our good. If God won't force us to do what's for our good, the the enemy doesn't have the power to make us do what's for our bad. What about people that are possessed? They, they, They had to yield to that at some point. He says, Paul just says, stop. You don't need no seven days of prayer and fasting to stop lying. Stop lying. Tell the truth. Repent. Tell the truth. And and then he says, and and again, there's a a lot of this that sounds great, and and I may be wrong here tonight. I don't think I am, but... God... (laughs) Who said that? (laughs) Thank you, whoever you were. (laughs) God, don't let me have too much and don't let me have too little because if, if I have too much, I might forget you and so that's your fault if you give me too much. And then if I have too little... I might steal to get what I need, and then that's going to be a disgrace to your name. So if I don't have enough and I steal, God, that's that's your bad. The, the problem, the another problem I have with that that request is this: that too much and not enough is relative. How many of you, how many of you, I guess I'll, let's say it in this way, because this is going to be the, uh, or whatever, this is going to more show what I'm trying to, how many of you have never been to a foreign country? And I just, I mean, a foreign country. Have you never been to a foreign country? Wow, that's less than I thought. Well, then most of you ought to have some perspective You've been to another country. What we, what we consider to be poverty in this country. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Many places in the world would die to live in what we consider... I'm not, I'm not saying... That there aren't people suffering in this, hear me now. I'm not saying there aren't people suffering in this country. I'm not saying there aren't people that are getting by with very little, but in comparison, even those that are, I'm sorry, even the homeless people in this nation have got it better than some places around the world. Because those homeless, some of the homeless people standing on a corner getting a couple of bucks, Dropped in a cup are getting more money than some of those people make in a month. So what is too much and what is not? A, what is rich and what is poor? And But let's just take the same thing here. Even if we're just comparing within our nation. All right. <laughs> I I'm blessed to live in a nice neighborhood, but I've driven through neighborhoods where I felt like made my neighborhood look like we were poor people. So how can we put it? How can you put it on God? God, don't give me too much, and then don't let me have too little because I want to behave right. When I'm the one, I I I don't think if. Yeah, here it is, here it is. 1 Timothy 6, 6, But godliness with what? Contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. There's not a one, I'm pre, I, I know I've, I've been blessed to drive a nice car and I, I love my car, I like my car. I think I may love it a little bit. I, think I might love it a little bit because that streak down the side from when I bumped the guardrail really bothers me. But I'm pretty sure I could go out in that parking lot tonight and see other cars that I probably might like to have over my car. Some of you probably say, I say that and some of you are like, brother, right, that's ridiculous. Of course. That's why at the end of the day, it's not about the stuff. It's about the attitude and the spirit. Godliness with contentment. Paul said, I've learned that whatever state I'm in, I know how to abound. I know how to be a base. I know know what it's like to have my needs met, and I know what it's like to not have my needs met. I have learned whatever state I'm in to be. So, this idea of God, don't give me too much, because who defines too much? And then don't let me have not enough. But I, I, I want to, so now that I've said all that, <laughs> there is a blessing. I, I, I preached years ago from these verses. I preached a message called the blessing of mediocrity. Because most of us here tonight are pretty much kind of in that middle. No billionaires here tonight. If there are, you are doing really good. If there are billionaires here tonight, you are cheating God because your ties don't show no billionaires here. (laughs) And if there's anybody here tonight that you do not have the means to get some food today, then please see me before you leave here because we will make sure that happens. I mean that as sincerely as I can. But I'm pretty sure there's there's probably some people you haven't eaten dinner yet, but that's because you came straight to church from work. There's a difference between that and not having the means to. And most of us, that's where we live, is kind of in that middle place. We don't have so much that we're forgetting Him. But we don't have so little that we're having to be dishonest and steal. We have enough. Hang on, I'm not here tonight just talking to you about stuff and things. Right, right, right. Oh yeah, that applies, and you need to apply it. I need to apply it there. That that's that's not the punchline. This is the foundation. Come on, come on. I, I, enough. Give give me enough because watch this. Watch. Watch what the Lord says is the danger the Lord acknowledges. The Lord Himself acknowledged there is a danger of having too much, if you will. He tells the children of Israel this in Deuteronomy 6 and verse 10. They're they're still in this transition. Get this, they haven't even made it to the promised land yet. They don't even have the fulfillment of what He's promised them. And He is already telling them. It shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which He sware unto thy fathers to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not and houses full of good things which thou fillest not, and wells dig which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and be full, then, 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 when you get everything I'm promising you. Isn't that an amazing thing? God is concerned that everything He has promised to give them, and He is going to give them, that it's actually going to turn into a curse, because I'm concerned that you will forget me, the one that brought you out of Egypt from the house of bondage. You've been living for God 10, 15, 20 years. I think you probably can relate to these verses in people's lives. You've watched. They got saved. They came with nothing. Nothing. Lives were broken, relationships were broken, families, marriages, finances, bodies were broken by uh, addictions and they get saved, and God begins to turn their lives around, begins to give them health and healing in their bodies, and begins to bless them. Maybe it was a marriage that was on the rocks, and he put that marriage back together or whatever and and, and begins to bless them with more finances and 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 the more blessings they get, the more distant from God they become you see he there was no God had no concern when they were in the wilderness, of them forgetting Him. He never told them prior to coming out of Egypt, now I'm really worried that when we, get to, when we get to the wilderness, you're going to forget me. Thank you. He didn't do that. Why? Because they needed Him every single day in the wilderness. Every single day they knew if we don't get food from Him, we don't eat. There were times if He didn't provide miraculously water, we don't drink. You don't forget God when you're living in a condition that every single need has got to come from Him. But the Lord says, I'm worried that when I get you to where I'm trying to take you, That when you get what I have for you, you are going to then forget all about me. I've watched through the years as parents, families, husband and wife who have... Struggled to have children and had complications having children. And finally, God blesses them with a child that it, it turns, that child ends up becoming their idol. And that child ends up, and the things that it, they become involved in becoming a conflict between the house of God and their activities. And they start choosing the activities over what was a blessing. becomes a curse. Watch this. This you, you you can apply this on a personal level and on a and on a, a corporate level. On a personal level, here's an example: Luke chapter twelve and verse sixteen. And he spake unto them, saying, Spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. Instead of being a blessing and giving it all away, I need to go find a self-storage place. Ah, here's what I'll do. I've got too much. I don't have any place to put where, put what I have. And, but, but here's the answer. I'm going to tear down my barns and I'm going to build greater and there I will, there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. God said unto him, thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then than who shall those things be which thou hast provided? You've gotten so focused and caught up with the blessings and that's all you're living for. And how can I accumulate more blessings? There's a proverb, I meant to put it in my notes here tonight. There's a proverb that talks about that, that there are those that scatter but increase. And this is paraphrasing, but then there are those who try to hang on and lose. There really is the truth. I've watched it growing up. I've watched it in my years of pastoring. The people that are the most blessed in this congregation, in this church, in all of Antioch are those that are constantly scattering, sowing, giving, whether that's in offerings or giving in in, in different ways to different people. And and God just gives them more. And, And here is this rich man who has an abundance and says, I've got more coming. I need to be able to store more. Fool this this night. This night. I've, I again. I, I I got flesh. I know some of y'all are just so heavenly minded. You're so awesome. But you know there there's some cars out there that are some pretty cool cars that I I'd, I'd be okay with having one. I mean I'll take a Ferrari. I'll take a Lamborghini. It's, I mean. Somebody's got to drive them. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen these? You know, there's, there's a there's a couple of things that pop up on my Facebook feed every now and then. It's kind of these individual shows or whatever, and I, I've seen some. They've, they've done some videos of some car individuals and individuals car collection. I mean. I'd, actually I'd be all right with like just half of a Lamborghini. I mean <laughs> and I mean, somebody's got seven, eight, nine cars that are worth two to three times what most of us make in a year, not just one, 10, 15, 20 right, right. and trying to figure out where they get in the next one. God, where can I, how can I, no, no. And, and then and look at this collectively. Revelation, this is the final, final church he addresses. He says unto the church of Laodiceans, write, These things saith the Amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot, I wish you were cold or hot, so then because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spew you out of my mouth. Now watch this, watch what they say. This is talking about a church. Because you say, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked... What a dangerous thing it is when we've got so much blessing, so much stuff in our lives that we no longer realize how wretched we actually are. I, I, I know that if you, when you walk through the checkout line at, at the grocery store, I realize you should not believe 100% everything you read on the magazine covers, on the Inquirer and all those I realized that. Let me tell you something. I, I learned years ago when when Photoshop first came out as a complete and as a complete novice with no training and experience what you could do with a photo. That's exactly right. And it's scary to me to think of what I figured out by myself and then, and, then you, and then people that really know what they're doing. You can put somebody anywhere you want to put them. So, so I, I don't believe you should believe everything you read on, on the magazine covers in the checkout line. But here's what I believe. There's probably an element of some truth in all of those. And you know who seem to be some of the most miserable people? In the world, are all of those people that have all the money that have everything you want? I, I, I just, I, I somebody, I, I, it was, I think it was, um, oh, what's her name? Not Carrie Underwood. What's the other blonde female? No, older, I think than her. I think she won. Yes, Kelly Clarkson. Thank you. She had a show. couple weeks ago on the same time they did the lighting of the rockefeller tree i mean this woman's got millions of dollars i don't know where she lives lives in a nice house drives not famous whatever she's got to see her therapist every single week and you and i sit here and if we're not content if we're not careful we're not content if I just had a little, if I just had a newer car, if I just had a nicer house, if I just wore nice, if I just made a little more money, if I could just go on a little nicer, if I, if I, if I, if I, no, it wouldn't. And this time of the year, again, we're, we're going more. This isn't this this isn't the, the the destination here tonight. This time of the year is one of the biggest times of the year where we battle contentment. advertisements and all kinds of stuff we're seeing every day. Man, if I I got to have that. I got to have I got to have that. He said you 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 are rich and increased with goods and you have need of nothing. The problem is you don't know that the condition you're in really is not a good condition. We, we we as a church. Wow, boy, I'm, we got several folks here tonight that've been a part of this church since the '70s. Some of them lived through just about every one of those building transitions and phases that we've went through. And got some people I know the bishop. Anybody else here tonight at the YMC days? Several of you. Let me just tell you what these. Some of y'all know this, some of you don't. If you know it, let me just remind you tonight. Now, there ain't no Thursday night service next week or the following week, so I'm not in a hurry right now, just so you know. (laughs) This This wasn't the whole time at the Y, at least I don't think, but there was a good portion of time during the YMCA there was a revival that took place. That revival took place. Thursday nights, Friday nights, Saturday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday night. We are like Ooh. five services. Five services. Here's the thing about those five services. With the exception of Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, Thursday night. Everything, not chairs, everything, a platform, sound equipment, instruments, chairs, had to all be set up Thursday night, and at the end, taken down. Friday night, set up, at the end, taken down. Were you all allowed to leave it up Saturday night for Sunday? Anybody Remember? I 'm 50, and I can't remember they're older than me, so it ain't, they have no idea. <laughs> I would maybe let's just say maybe they, they could. Five services, several of them, set up, take down. We get to walk in here, and we get frustrated if it's too cold. Or we walk in here and we're upset because it's too hot. You know what that is? That's heading towards Laodicea. I'm sorry. I didn't say we are Laodicea. God have mercy. If we are, we ain't leaving tonight till we pray through. I don't care how many days it takes us. Y'all call your boss. You're sick. Tell him you're sick. Something. You know what? I'm sorry, but a bunch of us thank God for these precious saints that have been here since the 70s. Wow. The stability and the and the and the foundation that they give us. And I'm sorry, a bunch of you are living in a house. You didn't build Living off of somebody else's sacrifice and dedication and commitment. This couple right here had four kids, four girls, all very young during some of those stages. And you know what? This, this—I'm sorry. This, oh, I got to stick with the notes. It's so much more safe. Oh my goodness. I'm not apologizing or second guessing. I'm just telling you. I don't. Want, <laughs> So, well, we're busier now than we've ever been. I'm pretty sure if you talk to them back in the '70s, they were busier than anyone had ever been. Of course, what are we busier with than what we've ever been? It's not spiritual stuff that we're busier with than we've ever been before. It's entertainment, it's carnality, it's things I, hobbies, it's pleasure, it's work. Nice to go back to the day when people went into a boss and said, I just need you to know up front. Thursdays and Sundays and a couple other times are off limits. But you know what? We're we're rich. Increase with goods. Having enough. Having just enough is one of the greatest blessings that you and I will ever have. Because, again, I don't agree with that prayer and putting that on God, but in principle, I think what he was getting at is very true. God, let me live in the middle. Let me have enough. Let me have some blessings. But don't let it be so much that I get consumed with it and forget you. Or don't let me reach the point where I start taking credit for what I have and I don't need you anymore. So so watch this. There is, I, I guess the title tonight is enough. I think maybe if I wanted to sound a little, you know, make it a little longer, the principle of enough. There is a principle, and, and, and we're, we're, we're shifting here to a little different focus. But I believe there is a principle throughout all of Scripture of enough. Not I know we sing it, and it's true. My God is more than enough. He can, so He is more than enough. But there's a really good chance in just about every area of your life, there's not going to be more than enough. But the guarantee, the good news is, there will always be enough. Let let, Let me give you some examples here. It started, this principle, this, this pattern, maybe I should say it that way, the pattern of it off. This pattern started again with the children of Israel. They are now making their journey from Egypt to the promised land and the beginning of this miraculous provision that they need just to eat. And so here the Lord is giving instructions in Exodus 16, 16. This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded Gather of it, it being manna, gather of it every man according to his eating, an omer for every man according to the number of your persons. Take ye every man for them which are in his tents. And the children of Israel did so and gathered some, and gathered, and gathered some more, some less. And when they did meet it with an omer, he that gathered much had nothing over, and he that gathered little had no lack. They gathered every man according to his eating. And Moses said, let no man leave it till the morning. There is enough for today. There's going to be enough for tomorrow. Don't keep anything from today what is one of the reasons to hang on to the extra from today i'm not sure if god's going to come through tomorrow one of the reasons we don't want to live on just enough is means we've got to live more trusting in him in who he is in what he will do if i have more than enough then i can go a couple days without having to really trust him And imagine this, they're in the, you know, you and I have got backups. I mean, most of us in this place tonight, unfortunately, have credit cards with spending limits. Hopefully you haven't maxed the spending limit. And the cash I have on hand in my bank compared to the credit limit I have is night and day. (laughs) And hopefully it'll stay that way. Let's be honest, all of us got a backup. Many of us have a backup. If most of us operated on cash only, we'd live a whole lot differently and probably ought to consider living that way. But I'm not Dave Ramsey. But, each, I, I, but watch what happens. Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto Moses. And again, from a human perspective, I think you can find a little bit of justification. Here you are, I mean, especially if you got small children. You're out in the wilderness. you got babies to feed. We, we've got enough for today, and hey, I've got a little bit extra to hold over till tomorrow. But some of them left it until the morning, and it bred worms, and it didn't just stink. Bit of a joke, but okay, it stank. I mean, there's stink and then there's stank. I didn't check the King James if there's a difference between stink and stank, so <laughs> and Moses was wroth with them. Why? Because he gave instruction here is manna for to God has got enough that you need for today. Get what you need for today, and if you'll get enough for today, it's going to be enough for today. But don't try to hold on till tomorrow, because tomorrow, God's going to come through again and give you enough for tomorrow. I won't ask anything to give me any hints as to this, but my wife and I have spent basically 29 years living month to month, paycheck to paycheck. You ought to save better. I shouldn't have had four kids. <laughs> I wouldn't trade that for the world. I'm not saying that. That's not cheap. I, we, we don't. I've said it before. My, our kids were young. My wife shopped at thrift stores all the time. I guess that's where it got in their blood. <laughs> I, I've been, I have been so blessed with a wife that is not a big spender. She, uh, when we, especially in the earlier years when there was a lot less than what we had now, she, she knew how to squeeze some pennies. But I can't, I've, I've tried for years to try to figure, now I guess, I mean, I, we could buy a tent and live out in the woods over here. And you know what, I, I, I God, I, you know, God, I'd love to have about a year's worth of, Funds in the bank just in case. I'm assuming the looks that I'm getting, all of y'all have like stockpiles of money and you're all good. I was doing some work with a, a, a financial advisor on some stuff a couple of years ago that had come up from positive and, and And he, you know, you, you should have X amount of months in saving to cover all of your, I'm like, That's awesome you and I are not living on the same planet. Because when I measure, I'm talking about just my, forget the excess. I'm just talking about utilities, food, mortgage. I ain't got nothing to be saving up till next month. I think I'm crossing some. I was going to say theology, but not theology, because it's not theology. I'm crossing some financeology. I'm not talking about being unwise here tonight. I'm not talking about being poor stewards. That's not what I'm talking about. Don't be opening every credit card you get an offer for and then praying for God to bail you out. Oh, God, supply my needs. What needs? I got five credit cards that are maxed out. That's not your needs. Do you know what? What if God blesses me and my family, my wife and I at least, because there seems to be this new trend of us getting left behind. What 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 if God chooses that for the rest of our lives? There's always enough. Always. There's always enough. May not be extra, but enough. In fact, this is, Jesus echoes this in the giving of the pattern of prayer. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us what? This day, our daily bread. The New Living Translation says it this way, Give us today the food we need. Give us the food we need for each day. That, that He told the children of Israel, I'm going to provide for you every day, enough for every day. He tells the disciples and us in this pattern of prayer, you need to seek me each day for the fulfillment of the needs for that day. Again, I don't know about you, but I don't like that. I like knowing that not only is there enough for today, There's enough for tomorrow and there's enough for next week and next month and next year. But he said, I I want you to ask me and I want you to trust me that every day there will be and I will provide enough. Let me give you a couple other examples. I'm not going to read all the verses that are here. If you want the notes and want to read all of them, you can read them later. But how how about Elijah and the widow woman? What are you doing? Well, I'm baking a cake, baking a cake for my son and I. We're going to eat it. We're going to die because we've got enough to make one more cake and that's it. We're done. That cake for me first. Well, that was 2021. And the preacher said that to a widow woman. And that got out. He'd be dead. And she did that. And God provided for her for the rest of the famine. The barrel of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord which he spake by Elijah. That means there was always enough. When she made that cake for Elijah, there wasn't all of a sudden the sound of an 18-wheeler horn rolling up into the driveway, ding, 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 you have won a three year supply. Here it is. Here is the trailer full. Nope. You're going to go back tomorrow and there's going to be enough to eat another day. When you eat tomorrow and get done, there's going to be enough To eat another day after that. In fact, throughout this entire famine, there will always be enough for another cake. There's not going to be an excess, but there will be enough. There will be enough. My God shall supply all of your needs according to His riches and glory. Doesn't say, My God shall supply all of your needs in advance. How about this? Elijah in the famine <laughs> goes by and he's hanging out by a brook, and God sends ravens every day. Every day. They didn't didn't come with grocery bags full for the week. Uh He didn't go shop at Sam's, Sister Evans, and get it all in bulk, so he knew, I'm good for several days. Every day, they brought enough food for the day. Sufficient for the need. Equal to the need. Not in excess to the need, but equal to the need. There was always enough. Another widow woman in need of some help. and This time it's Elisha and he says, What do you, what do you have? Well, I've got a little bit of oil. A little bit of oil. This, is, this one's amazing. A little bit of oil. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go get every vessel you can. I want you to borrow. I want you to get every vessel that you can. I want you to bring it. What? I wonder y'all are... Actually, my notes say I'm on the right. Okay, that's really weird. Ah. We have a malfunction let's try this again it's stuck I don't know what's going on I haven't lost my mind Second Kings 4 and 2 is what's supposed to be showing up there this is not the sound booth this is my iPad so just to be clear it's not their fault what do you have? Our vessels are got oil. Okay, get the oil. Bring it in. Gather it all in. When you've got it all in, shut the door. I want you to start pouring. She starts pouring. No doubt the amount she had in the vessel from the very beginning was was nowhere near nowhere near the amount that was needed for all the extra vessels. And she starts to pour. And she pours, she pours, she pours, and she pours. As long as there were vessels, there was oil. It wasn't until all the vessels were filled that the oil ended. There was enough. If she'd have had a hundred more vessels to fill, there would have been more oil. You want God to flow through you? You want God to bless you? Give him some empty things to fill through you. Not for you. There wasn't, again, there was no barrels. There was no containers for her to store and keep for herself. There was, there was enough. every vessel. That's why anybody ever experienced. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one here, where you've gone into a, 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 a place where you were responsible to minister and you walked in there feeling like you didn't really have much, didn't really have a whole lot to give, but there were some vessels that were there that were in need and the Spirit of God began to pour. Not because you had a storehouse of oil, but because you made yourself available and God God says, I always have enough. You may not get more than enough, but I have enough. There is a principle that we can see throughout Scripture where God's tendency is to provide enough. Enough. You can trust. If you are doing your best to follow God's plan and direction for your life, you can trust that there's going to be enough. God will provide enough. Enough. But you've got to learn to be content. I... I I, I, I've already been pretty transparent here tonight. I'm gonna keep going, and I'll keep going next time I preach. So, we we most of you probably just about everybody in this room knows tonight. A couple years ago, we sold the house we were in. Thought we were doing one thing, all that went a different direction. Bought the house we're in now. Put an addition on it. Added a living room area, master bedroom, garage, whatever. It's a. I. I don't mean. And I, say, I I'm going to say this because, the credit goes. A lot of the credit goes to my wife and her skills. And Elizabeth's done a lot. And it, it, it's a. It's a beautiful home. Young adults came. Some of them came Friday and Saturday night. And they never. Oh, you have a beautiful home. Thank you. It's not big. It's not anything. Whatever. But it. You know what I find happens. I find when I happen to be at somebody else's house that's bigger larger I go back home and you know what I struggle with contentment what I was perfectly fine with before I went someplace else I'm no longer content with again going back to the beginning prayer tonight. that's not on God that's not on that's on me to get my attitude and my spirit adjusted. That's not, okay God, Well, you... No, 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 no. Here's part of the struggle is this. Can you and I not... Now, I've already made the point in the context. Can you trust God to give you enough? Especially, to, can you trust... Okay, He's giving you enough today. Do you have confidence in your Father to give you enough... For tomorrow. That, that's one part of it. But here's another part of the trust. Do you have enough trust in Him for Him to decide what is enough? It's one thing to trust He's going to provide enough. It's another thing for me to trust for Him to set the level of enough. My level and your level's not gonna be exactly the same. What God decides for you to be enough may be beyond what my enough is. And vice versa. The goal is not only to be content with what God says is enough, but also to trust that He knows what's best. And so if He decides this is enough, if I gave you what you think you wanted, I know you would forget me, you would forsake me, you would neglect me, and so this is enough, and it's enough. So watch. Let's... let's... Bring this kind of down to the whole spiritual component in a variety of ways. 2 Corinthians 12 and 7. Paul's got a thorn in the flesh and he prays, prays three times. The Bible says, I, for this thing I besought the Lord. I, I, I begged God, I pleaded with God, take this away. Anybody got it? Let's see if we can be, if we're in a safe place and can be honest with each other here tonight. Anybody here tonight? Got some things you beg God to do. Paul begged God three times, and and and, and the response. Let me read. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance. Still, I'm not in Revelation 3. I'm in 2nd Corinthians 12. I don't know what's going on between the two. And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient. Anybody want to take a guess at what one of the definitions of that Greek word is? My grace is enough for you. For my strength is made perfect in weakness." Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, watch, he completely changes. Therefore, I take pleasures in infirmities and reproaches and necessities and persecution and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. He goes from begging God to take something away to now rejoicing in the negative thing. because he now realizes these things I'm trying to get rid of are the places that I have been blessed with grace being given that is enough. It's sufficient for the need. It's sufficient for the moment. I, 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 wish, I wish my iPad was working because this next one is kind of wordy, and, and I, want, I wish you could follow along with it, but it's wastes. Listen, listen to the way We's translation says this. And he said to me, and his declaration still stands, my grace is enough for you. Now listen to this, listen to this. For power is moment by moment coming, to its full energy and complete operation in the sphere of weakness. It is coming moment by moment. What you need is coming moment by moment. If you're not getting tonight what you need to get you through the next week, you're probably not going to get it. There's some things God's given you already today, and there may be some things that God's done in this service for you this evening that is providing some power, some grace in the moment, but it's grace for the moment. It's enough. It's not excess manna for you to store up, because today's grace kept over from t- for tomorrow is going to stank. The scripture says there's a song based on the scripture, morning by morning. What? New, new mercies, new mercies. I'm not, I don't have to live today off of grace or mercy from yesterday that I held on to. Because I knew I'm going to need more grace and more mercy tomorrow. I know I'm going to need more grace and more mercy tomorrow. And I'm going to need more Saturday. And I've got some today. And it's tempting to want to try to accumulate today what I'm going to need tomorrow. But my grace is sufficient. It is enough. It's enough to get you through what you're going through. It's enough to get you through the trial you're in. It's enough to get you through the valley you're going through. It's enough for the moment of ministry that you're in. It's enough for the Bible study you're teaching. It's enough for the person you're witnessing. It's enough for the moment... He will provide enough. Yeah. I don't like living that way. I saw I saw a post on, on, on Facebook today. It's on the, the there's a group I've referenced it before. It's called Forward. It's a group for ministers. This guy put up posted on there. Do any of you have a uh like a calendar for the year of subjects and topics you're going to preach about. I'm like, that would be so cool. That would, man, I would love to know what I'm preaching three weeks from now. I can't, I, I still, and it's, I've been, I've been, I've been, Senior pastor since 2005, so 15 plus years, I've been preaching and teaching almost three services every week, most weeks. I, I've, I've read at times, you know, articles and different things about, you know, pastoring and what. And, and you know, and you're supposed to have like this set day where it's sermon prep. That is so cool. I would love that. Said in the past, my wife, you know, the times that are oftentimes that I would have set aside, and it's varied through the seasons, but you know, she'd say to me in some of those times where I'm normally a goat would go to study, Are you going to go study? No. What, don't you have to preach? Yeah. Shouldn't you go study? Yeah. Aren't you going to go study? No. Why aren't you going to go study? Because I don't have direction no point studying if I don't know what to study. I get, I get, I get frustrated. I, I'm, again, I'm being transparent. Sometimes, it, I, and I'm, I'm pretty sure it's the devil, pretty sure it's the devil. But there are times I, I, I feel bad that I'm not a good pastor because Sunday mornings I'm waking up, finally getting direction. I mean, I was supposed to spent all day Friday prepping my sermon. If I'd have known Friday what I knew Sunday morning, I could have done that Friday. Come on, God! Just—I mean, we're only talking forty-eight hours, really. And then, man, I'm just laying it all out there tonight. And I'm not—I don't need—I don't—I'm I'm not fishing. I'm not—I'm not. So in this moment, or I don't—not fishing. I'm just—I'm just—just—just just sharing. There's a lot of times I, I, I get through preaching or I'll think back. I'm like, I, you know what? I wonder. I, since I didn't spend all day Friday prepping my sermon, I only spent a couple hours. Huh? That's some, that's, that, I want, that doesn't compare. That doesn't measure up to the guy that spent hours and days prepping. I, I don't like living on enough. I don't like living with just enough. Oh, what a blessing. Because if I knew it all in advance, I wouldn't be as dependent on Him, I wouldn't be relying on Him as much. And some of you got things you're going through in your own personal lives, whether it's family stuff or ministry stuff and, and and you're looking for God to just unfold the path and lay it all out. Here's everything. Here's all you need and here's all I'm going to do. And I'm telling you he's probably not going to do that. And if he does do that for you, please don't tell me cuz I might have a Joseph brothers moment and throw you in a pit. Because while you're getting all the resources in advance and God's telling you everything in advance, all I got is a little bit of manna for today. I don't want just enough manna. I don't want to just know what to preach on this night. I want to know Sunday and Sunday night and and, and Thursday. I want to know that all. But God says, I've got enough. That's why you can look at people that are going through things and look at them and think, I don't know how you're making it through what you're going through. You've got a, you've got such a load. I mean, there's some folks around here, dear God, it's like, Lord, I'm, th- I, they're, I don't know if they're saying, I'm thinking, God, can, do you really have to put something else on them? I mean, there's some other people that could, I don't mean this negative, I don't mean this unkind. I'm just, there, there's some other people that probably could handle a little more of a load, and you keep dumping on the same person. And then from just a natural perspective, I'm going, how in the world are they making it? You know why I don't know how they're making it? Because God doesn't give me enough for their need. God doesn't give me enough grace for your problem. That's why I can look at you and think, I don't know how you're making it. And then the very people I've looked at at times and maybe even said that have looked back at me like, what are you talking about? I'm like, have you now lost your mind? In addition to everything, have you lost your... Don't you know what your deal... Don't you know what you're going through? And they're like, what? I mean... I don't understand that, and the reason I don't is because I don't have enough grace for that. I've got enough grace, and I do have enough grace for where I am and what I'm going through, and God knows where they are and what they need, and they have enough. There's always going to be enough. Can I I tell us tonight? I was going to say tell you, but I'd like to get this too. I think sometimes we live with guilt and condemnation because we don't have more than enough. What's wrong with me? What am I doing? I need to pray more. I need to fast more. Because if I do more, if I do more, I'd have more. Yeah, you'd have more manna to stink tomorrow. Because God says, I'm going to give you enough. I'm going to give you enough. Again, some of you are dealing with trying to figure some things out, just major decisions in a variety of ways in your life. And, and, and I'm telling you tonight, the principle not only of enough, but there's some other principles that most of the time, all he's going to do is give you one step. 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 Just one. The steps of a good man, are ordered by the Lord. The steps. God knows all the steps you're going to take, but more than likely, God's only going to give you the next step. There's really, to me, two sides of the coin why God only gives us the next step. One side of the coin, the negative side is, is He told us all everything out there that's going to happen, we'd freak out. I mean, what do you think David would have done if Samuel would have said, now listen David, God has chosen you to be the next king, and I've got this oil here to anoint you. But before I anoint you, let me just tell you a few things. You see your father, you see your brothers, tell them goodbye. You're going to be running from the king. Actually, before you run from the king, the king's going to take a javelin and try to kill you in his palace. And then, he's going to have his whole army out trying to hunt you down and kill you. And you're going to spend years in your, with your life in upheaval. Now, you Ready? pretty sure david would have said you know you know those brothers you passed over i'm pretty sure you want one of them that's one of the reasons why he says and some of you have been around here long enough you can now look back to some of those times that if god would have told you all the details in advance you'd have freaked out you freaked out anyways but you would have freaked out even more Paul says that tribulation worketh patience. Patience, experience. Experience, hope. Every time God brings me through the next challenge, the next season, the next difficulty, I've now got some experiences and some hope that when I am now face the next thing, I don't know how God's going to get me through this thing. But I've been through some stuff before that I didn't know how God was going to get me through. And the stuff before, God provided moment by moment. My grace is enough for you, for power is moment by moment coming to its full energy and complete operation in the sphere of weakness. Therefore, most gladly will I the rather boast in my weaknesses in order that the power of the Christ like the Shekinah glory in the holy of holies of the tent of meeting, may take up its residence in me, working within me, and giving me help. Wherefore, I am well content in weaknesses, insults, necessities, persecutions, and circumstances under which I am subject to extreme pressure on behalf of Christ, for when I am weak." Notice, for when I am weak, then I am filled with ability and power. I am not filled with all of the ability and power when I am strong for when I get weak. When I am weak, That's when grace comes. Not before. Not in advance. When I am weak. Moment by moment. Step by step. Direction by direction. (laughs) When. When I am weak, then, then I am filled with ability and power. And I'm adding, that's enough. I am filled with ability and power that's enough. It's enough. It's enough. enough. stand here tonight, we sit here this evening, a church of 50 plus years of testimony after testimony, where in the moment, God was enough. Most of us here tonight have heard the story of Bishop starting the process of buying this property. If I remember correctly, there was it was a two hundred and fifty dollar a month payment. That every month they had to take up a special offering for two hundred and fifty dollars. And you're gonna buy property that now requires a couple of thousand dollars a month. That doesn't that doesn't make sense. When all you have enough for is two hundred and fifty, how because the rest comes. In the moment. Some of you are about to go home tonight and lay down on your bed with some things that are still unsolved. You got through today. It was grace for today. And you get up tomorrow. That's good. That's good. That's good. It's kind of amazing God created our bodies that way. Easter. Thanksgiving and Christmas are three meals of the year. I can prophesy. I am going to reach a point of misery. I have wished for years that, whether it was at my parents' house or at my house, I have wished for years that we had dining room chairs that as the meal went on, you could gradually recline. Because a 90-degree angle when you first started Eat when you first start eating is okay, but you know those last couple of bites. If I could be at about a forty-five degree angle, because there's just I just got to get a couple more in, and I can't get them in when I'm at ninety degrees. And without fail, you you get up from those meals. And and honestly, as much as I know logically we know otherwise, but you, you almost can entertain the thought, I will never eat again. I am so stuffed, I will never eat again. And two hours later, Hour later. You're squeezing in some dessert. And just before you lay down, you gotta go get a couple more bites of leftovers. That's how our we we it'd be kind of cool if we could just eat one day all the food we needed to get us through. It's not the way it works. That's not God's pattern. Right. That's right. There is Enough. There will be enough. I'm sorry, unfortunately, most of the time it's going to be equal to the need. It's not going to be your anointing stored up for years and years to come, direction, finances, etc., etc. It's going to be I don't see Sister Liz here tonight. There's a really good chance she's watching online because she's very faithful to do that. But I've said it to her. I've heard my wife say it to her, and I know others have said it to her, as she has been overwhelmed with the loss of her husband trying to figure out the future. Sister Liz, just get through today. God's going to give you some grace for today you don't have to figure how are you going to do this for the rest you don't have to figure out the next five weeks five years it, all you got to do is just get through today there's grace for today I so desperately as your pastor tonight there's some of you I so desperately wish I could convince God to just absolutely turn your situation around I know you wish that even more than I wish that And I know with most of you, he's not going to do that. But here's what I do know. Based on the principles of his word, based on his character, his nature, what he will do is always provide enough. One of these services in the near future, hopefully I'll get to teach a shouting, jumping, hollering. I'm trying, you'd think after all these years of ministering, teaching and preaching, I know this, but I want y'all to jump up and down and say amen and run the aisles and scream and holler, whether it's good or bad. I mean, that's what I, come on. I know, I know. Please, every time I teach or preach, I got my ears open. I'd love to just teach and preach to you, and not have to apply. I know this is not. There, there's a. I I think, I think, brother uh, High Duke referenced it. I'm quitting. I really didn't really mean to go this long, but Brother Hyde referenced that there's there's churches, they got these declarations they do every time they take an offering. They put it up on the screen and everybody reads along together. And it's I mean and literally part of it declares there's there's checks in the mail. Inheritance are coming my way. It's kind of, that part kind of really is interesting because if you got inheritance coming your way, what you're saying is somebody's dying. Now, what do you want? You want your grandmama's inheritance or you want her living? You can't have it both ways. Oh, woo, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I want. That's what my flesh wants. The principle is... I'm gonna give you enough. I will always, I will always give you enough. But I'm pretty much always gonna give you enough. Father, I pray that you would help us tonight. Lord, I trust and believe. There are a number of different applications of this tonight pray that in each one of our lives and the various ways we need to apply it, that by your grace we would do that. God, I want to pray tonight especially for those that are facing, walking through some challenging, difficult circumstances and situations, those that are desperately wanting and needing, justifiably so from a human perspective answers and direction and and that even if you don't fix it all and change it all today that you would at least tell us everything you're going to do and how it's all going to work out and give us the plan in advance god i know you can do that and i know there are some times that you will give us more than enough but the pattern i see in your word and my observation of others and my experience in my own life is that most of the time it's it's enough. It's not so much that I will forget you because I've got everything I need and I don't need you anymore and neither is it so little that I behave in such a way that displeases you. So God, I pray tonight for those that you have in that place of giving them day by day just enough that you would give them the assurance, Lord. I pray, God, that for all of us tonight, in the midst of the turmoils we face, in the midst of the challenges in our lives, challenges in ministry, challenges in our finances, that the questions, the fears, the doubts that also try to torment us, attack our minds. God, that at least You would help every one of us to come to the place of the certainty that Your grace is sufficient and that moment by moment You will provide what is needed. You will not fail us. You will not let us down. You always are going to be enough, you're always going to provide enough. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray for your strength tonight, your virtue. God, I pray as your word promises that tomorrow when we get up, we will receive the grace and the strength for tomorrow. The next day we'll receive fresh grace and strength for that day. In the name of Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.